What's up, everyone? Back for another episode of Locked On Bucks. Frank's back for another episode of Locked On Bucks. We continue to build up to Bucks and Lakers. There's a star returning for the Bucks, maybe. There's a star that is not going to be present for the Lakers. We'll talk about that. Frank's going to swerve. He's going to swerve. That The way that he wants to look at this team might be out of how we've been discussing it on this show. A little bit uh, looking to the future, let's just say. So we're going to get into that as well. And uh, I hear the Bucks, of course as you would always assume with the Milwaukee Bucks, the GQ man of the year is on the roster. So I guess we better bring that up as well. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN and NBA Australia. And joining me, the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. For today's episode, it is brought to you by Calm. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount off a premium subscription. Go to calm.com slash Locked on NBA, as always, we thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first listen of every single day. And it's weird that we have to start this podcast and there's a, there's a LeBron promo with Calm because we were just discussing this before we got on. What is Giannis doing? Dragging the chain with Calm? Why hasn't he got to deal with those guys? This guy is on the path to having more individual sponsorships than Shaq, which, as we know, I mean, Shaq historically has some of the most funniest uh, commercials or individual sponsorships of all time. But it's always been a talking point in the NBA in previous years. I think Giannis is doing fine in Milwaukee financially. I think he's going to be okay. Yeah, we literally, just as we were about to podcast, he dropped a uh, new tweet about him being, I guess, I don't know, the face of Google Pixel or at least doing ads for them. So, um, which of course is especially funny given, you know, we've heard different stories over the years um, dating back to the Jason Kidd era about you know tony snell and thon maker being the holdouts who were not iphone users and of course if you're on a group text everybody's using iphone you got the blue blue bubbles you can share links easily i have a friend who works at google shout out to my guy eli one of my oldest college friends and uh he ruins our college friend group chat because he works at google thus he has a google uh, phone he doesn't have an iphone and so you know, you paste links in and they all look all weird and nothing embeds properly and stuff like that. But so Giannis is now going to ruin, I guess, the uh, the Bucks group chat because he's using uh, a Google phone. Or maybe he'll have, you know, maybe he'll just keep using an iPhone and just uh, he'll just say that he's using a, a Google phone. But yeah, so I, Giannis keeps doing more ads and he's the GQ athlete of the year, which, of course, right? He's got that photo spread um, and had some uh, semi-provocative comments about there or at least some some comments that you know the uh rumor mongers have have uh, seized on regarding you know kind of alluding to like oh well you know he's got to you got to kind of manufacture your own challenges and you know maybe his his max challenge won't be in Milwaukee or something like that eh you know i i don't know. i'm not worried about it kane i don't i don't i don't think we need to waste a lot of oxygen on it 
I feel like his his current challenge is in Milwaukee. They're freaking six and eight, and they don't they don't look very good right now. Granted, they've got injuries, but uh, I feel like he's got enough challenges in Milwaukee right now. Even if uh, he maybe uh, will never be able to do wrong uh, from here on out in the city of Milwaukee, the state of Wisconsin. But um, but yeah, the you know um, well deserved all this stuff, the ads, the fame, um, the the uh, accolades. Uh, but uh, you know there there there's still some work to be done on the basketball court here, especially after a not not so terrific start here to the season. Yeah, I just put that cover, or I, I guess it was one of the covers. I'm not sure how they did it, but of, of Giannis looking there. And Chris Middleton this morning at practice was joking that he's the ugliest model he's ever seen. I'm going to push back on that, Chris. This is a good-looking man. And, he, and you know, maybe he didn't feel that comfortable doing that. But uh, uh, certainly in my in my eyes, and of course, uh, everyone respects my opinion in the world of, of modeling, I think he was looking pretty sharp. And by the way, when you talk about challenges, Giannis is obviously super stubborn and he uh, wants to, to overcome obstacles. We've seen that big reason why he stayed in Milwaukee, wanted to win the championship here. So I guess the question would be, should the Bucs just keep sucking so then Giannis feels like he needs to drag the team out of this mediocrity that they currently find themselves in? <laughs> yeah, I mean, his his... Free throw percentage, his three point percentage, his field goal percentage, all worse than they were last year. Um, so, uh, yeah, we well, got work to do, Giannis. Look in the mirror here. Do challenges, you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, this homestand, this homestand looks pretty promising in terms of getting uh, getting back on track with the schedule they've got coming up here. The Lakers are going to be without LeBron James on Wednesday, so obviously, again. I mean, with this version of the Bucks right now, even with Chris Middleton coming back, you know, he's probably going to be on a minutes limit. I don't think any games can be taken for granted, but, um, but you know, what they get the Pistons twice. I think they have the Thunder, uh, and I forget the the other the the fifteen. But, um, but yeah, I mean, let's just say the the schedule gods, um, at least for the next couple of weeks, are are smiling upon them. Uh, but again, they're one and four at home, so <laughs> so I I guess at this point we probably can't take anything for granted. Yeah, when was opening night? I think it's been over a month. Is that right? Since the Six Bucks years were... ago. Six years ago. I mean, uh, goodness. They haven't won a game at Fiserv in a month. Like, is there any danger, guys? So, anyway, national TV, maybe that's the thing that gets them going. You mentioned that Chris Middleton is back. Uh, Bud did say they'll work his way. Oh, they'll work him back into it. So what, whatever that means for him in this restriction, we all know by now you're going to get absolutely zero info on that. Uh, but based on what we've seen, Drew Holiday, I think it was around 20 minutes on his first night, even though different different injuries, that's typically where they sort of have it. So I guess it'll be interesting to see whether he starts in this game or not. Uh, we know Drew came off the bench, I believe, for one game. But either way, we spoke about Chris Middleton yesterday. And I think the overall point that for a lot of these games this season, they've had to rely on Grayson Allen as their second option uh, on offense. And he's been fantastic. But getting Chris Middleton back, uh, hopefully, you know, some version of Chris Milton that, that can help this team over these next couple of games. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing this guy play uh, similar to Brooke Lopez, similar to a few other guys already. He's already missed more games this season than he did did last year. And then that's, you know, as you as you go through it, if you if you take a look at the numbers, I mean, that, that really sums it up. I think uh, so far he has played something like 32 minutes or something on the court with Giannis through 14 games. That's It's not ideal, let's say that. Yeah, I mean... And and obviously the circumstances of this as well. I mean, it didn't didn't sound like he had you know any any serious symptoms. Um, but you, you never know. All right. I mean, seemingly every member of the Celtics has had 
longer term effects, you know, between Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart and and we'll see with Jalen Brown as well talking about it. Um, you know, you obviously just hope that that it doesn't take him an extended period to feel like he can get his get his wind um in games. But uh assuming that there there aren't any effects like that, um, you know, this I guess the silver lining would be, hey, he, you know with such a short off season, especially Drew and Chris with the Olympics as well. Um, you know, hopefully it was a chance to kind of disconnect a little bit um, and, and get maybe some of that rest that obviously they you know, just didn't have the benefit of during the off season. Um, obviously not the circumstances under which you would want to get rest, um, but uh, we'll see. I mean, it took, it took Drew a little while to come back last year when he came back from COVID. Obviously that was pre-vaccine. Um, so hopefully for Chris, uh, it's it's a little bit faster and, you know, you can kind of get going quickly. But, yeah, I mean, we saw with Drew. I mean, Drew's been very slow to kind of get on track this season, coming back from injuries um, that that he sustained. Started really well, right? I mean, he was great in, in the first half before he got hurt against Brooklyn and then was also very good in San Antonio when he came back very briefly. Um, but since then, just, I don't know, it's felt like a lot of those playoff performances offensively where he just, you know, takes a whole lot of shots and just stuff just does not go down. So, um, you know, they need Drew Holiday to start playing more like the guy we saw last year. And as you said on the last show with Justin, look, is he going to shoot, you know, almost 50% and 40% from three? Okay, maybe not, right? That may not be what his true sort of shooting splits are are in an average season, but um, you certainly don't, I mean, I certainly wouldn't expect him to be in the low 30s from three and, you know, low 40s from from overall. So, um, we know Drew Holiday's, I think going to start playing better. Um, maybe nice to see him get to the, get, maybe get to the rim a little bit more. Um, his foul rate drawing is, is, is way down. And again, it's not like he was caught driving, drawing fouls, the kind of James Harden way or something like that either. So, um, so we'll see, they just need, and they need Giannis. I mean, they just need their best players to be playing well, because that's kind of the ironic part, right? Is that on the one hand, you know, you'd say, well, look at, look at who's around them. Um, but, you know, don't blame Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton. I mean, those two guys are having career years. They're shooting the ball incredibly well. Um, and I think Giannis, after kind of the, you know, settled in, was was playing really well. And then he's kind of come back down to earth, is shooting, settling for a lot of jump shots right now, which I think is kind of understandable given the lack of help he's getting, having to create really all of his own looks. Throwing up a lot of bricks. He has not become suddenly a good three-point shooter. He's at 27 for some percent. Um, his mid-range game, he's at 40%, which I think would be a career high. Um, right now. So, I mean, that's been pretty solid, but back to around 68% from the free throw line, he's been, it's been a bit of a struggle here of late, but you know, again, it's a long season and, you know, you just have to kind of fight through these things. And I don't think he needs to change his free throw form or something like that. Um, I think he's, you know, again, just kind of got, kind of got working through it and hopefully a couple of days off here kind of helps him. Hopefully, you know, again, you get Chris back, you get some of that creation back. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll still see with Brooke, but at least offensively, um, you know, offensively, they don't really have any excuses once Chris comes back as, as much as Brooke, I think is, is really valuable and could do different things. You know, he's obviously not a huge part of their offense. He's obviously much more of a supporting piece. So when Giannis is on the floor, Chris drew, especially when they have two of those guys on the floor, um, I don't think offensively, at least they have much excuse to, to not be a, a high octane offense once these guys uh, all are back together on the floor. And, you know, again, hopefully that, that starts on Wednesday. Yeah. We had a comment in the on the YouTubes the other day. And it was a listener that suggested uh, or that sort of put the thought out there that you know, Giannis is shooting a lot of these jump shots and potentially 
uh, he's doing it just to try and get reps in and, and try and try and improve. And I sort of push back on it a little bit for the exact reason that you did. I think part of it is just like, okay, well, I'm the only guy doing everything here. And it's and you've spoke about the other guys that have contributed, but Giannis is the the main ball handler. Giannis is the main distributor. Giannis is the main scorer. Giannis is the the center field defender that he's doing it all. That sometimes I feel like he's just like, okay, I need a possession off. Let me shoot this three to see if we can knock this down. So it's probably a bit of a uh, bit of a mix of both. But I I kind of do see it as uh, him needing a bit of a break as well, which is why you hope that Chris Milton returning. Obviously, Drew as he continues to works into it helps that. Uh, Giannis spoke a little bit about the frustration that he had um, the other day. I spoke about calm right off the top, and maybe. After a game, he's also a father. He's got two boys. There's lots of things going on. Uh, maybe he can get into a bit of a sleep routine, which is what LeBron James has been doing. Because uh, if you want to know what makes LeBron James King James, it's somebody he does in the basketball court. It's sleep. That's right. Sleep is his superpower. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. When it comes to athletes, uh, we tend to focus on the physical fitness, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. Mental Fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind and become the champion version of yourself. Uh, for LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. So if you head to calm.com slash locked on NBA for a limited time, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. With Calm, you have access to the nature, uh, the nature scenes, which apparently LeBron loves. So he likes listening to rain when he goes to sleep. Uh, so there's so much more though there's sleep stories meditation so you can be ready for any challenges that life throws your way again for a limited time our listeners can join lebron in using calm and get a 40 percent discount on a calm premium subscription at calm.com slash locked on nba unlock content to help you focus ease stress and sleep better get started at calm.com slash locked on nba uh, that's calm.com slash locked on nba and uh and when you wake up th- this is the thing i'm a terrible sleeper but when i get a good night's sleep i wake up hungry and the first thing on my mind is Built Bar every single day when I have a good sleep. I'm just thinking about Built Bar. When can I have my first Built Bar? Is it acceptable to have it for breakfast? I think it is. I think it's acceptable to have a Built Bar for breakfast, but it's also acceptable to have it for dessert. With Thanksgiving coming up, uh, you can uh, you can swap the pie for a Built Bar because one slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories, and they have four grams of sugar with plenty of protein. So replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar Raspberry Built Bar instead of the Raspberry Pi. Uh, you get the picture. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, there's new surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at built, are arriving at built.com regularly. So check the site often. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, as I mentioned off the top, thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. As far as other podcasts go, the Packers back on the winning list. Maybe you want to check out Locked On Packers. Uh, I saw the Brewers made some sort of trade. Maybe you want to check out our friends at Locked On Brewers. Anyway, you get the idea. There's a there's a podcast for every team, so you can go and check those out. Uh, Frank, I saw you tweeting this morning some interesting numbers, and you sent a, a question to our DM that I thought was interesting. You, you asked, uh, and it was basically based around the fact of the what seems like the biggest issue with this team in terms of the big man rotation, uh, but you were looking at it through a bit of a different lens. Uh, I don't know if you want to get into this a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously, and you guys, you and Justin talked about it as well. I mean, there, there's this, there's the question of like, well, should they get another big man, right? Um, and I think, I mean, I guess the first question is, 
you know, what is the assumption on, on Brooke Lopez and when he comes back? And obviously, everyone listening to this is saying, well, Frank, there's no timetable being released on when Brooke Lopez is coming back. So how are we supposed to know? And that is completely fair. And I know you and Eric and Mitchell and Dean, I, we, in our messages, it's always Eric. Um, I don't know how many times he's kind of expressed his frustration at the fact that Bud doesn't give the media any uh, any real information, even though they ask him constantly about it. How can, he tri- how can he trick Bud, by the way? Is there some way that he can trick Bud? Is there some way he can ask the question, uh, frame it differently to turn of... When do you think Bobby Portis will uh, come off the bench or something like that? I don't know. It, like some it, sort of... it, it would have to be it'd probably be something like, if I were to give you one of those cookies from wherever it is that he get, likes those chocolate chip cookies, uh, you know, so you'd have to frame it through through blackmail or something. I don't know, but um, he he did he did at least allude to Brooke progressing and doing some stuff, or I don't know the exact quote, but there was actually an allusion to Brooke Lopez doing something, which is good, and he's obviously been traveling with the team, which is a positive sign. Um, but I mean, my assumption is that. They, you know, and, and, and I think to be clear too, I, I don't think that they have known since the outset that he was going to be out this long. I imagine they probably didn't really know because backs, so let's be honest, are kind of weird. Like, you know, it's not like um, uh, a timetable for like a torn ligament that you know when you do surgery that, you know, this is the timetable for coming back. I mean, obviously, if they thought it was going to be a thing, then he wouldn't have probably played as much in the preseason as he did. And, you know, they probably wouldn't have thought that that it'd be a problem. So I think there's a strong element of like, they honestly don't know exactly. Um, I mean, when I've poked around, I've gotten kind of mixed messages, but I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's an assumption here that he's going to be like out for the season or something like that. But um, I think if you, let's make an assumption that he's back by like early December. Okay. But just for the sake of this argument. So, I think it's still valid to ask the question of like, okay, well, especially with Giannis and the way that Giannis is taking, you know, an additional kind of beating and load on him having to play center all the time, you know, is it worth adding a big man? And so I think the first question is, well, is that guy, like, are you, are you saying like, just add some random guy who you literally give a, you know, non-guaranteed contract to, and then in three weeks, let's say if, if when Brooke comes back, you just wave that guy, you could do that. I mean, you, you could, right? Um, I would say that type of player who's currently just sort of sitting around and would just be happy to play for, you know, play, be on a team for a few weeks, um, and then most likely get cut again, um, probably is not a guy that's actually going to make you better on the court. Like maybe he improves what you can do defensively and maybe he rebounds a little bit better. But, you know, again, is that guy going to be good offensively? Well, if he's not on a team right now, it's probably because he's not that good, right? Um, What's Dragon Bender that... up to? Is he is he around? Is he? <laughs> well, and I, I mean, it's like I know there's like like I, it's a couple of bunch of Marcus Soul, right? I was googling around, I'm not exactly sure what Marcus Soul wants to do. Like he doesn't want to retire. Like he's in Spain right now. I, I'm not really sure what he wants to do. Like I, we were talking about Aaron Baines right recently, and like is Aaron Baines upright? Is Aaron Baines able to play basketball? It doesn't sound like it. Um, so. It's, it's not like, you know, there's just a long line of guys that you could just plug in and it's going to help you immediately, right? Um, this team is not good offensively right now. So putting like just some defensive first guy who's just like a rim roller, I'm guessing would also just make Giannis have to shoot more jump shots. 
minutes because it would probably make the floor spacing, you know, worse and, and all that. So I don't think there's necessarily like some like really easy kind of quick fix. Um, so I think, I think really it's like, I think you have to kind of say, take a step back and say, you know, okay, if you think Brooke is, is going to be back and you know, there's some risk that maybe he re-injures or whatever, but I don't think you cross that bridge until you get to it. And if you think Brooke Lopez is going to be out for the year, um, or if you think, you know, come back and you're worried, maybe he'll get hurt again. You know, to me, that's more of like a, you have to figure that out by the trade deadline type thing. I, I think the question I always ask is like, well, what do you, what are you really solving for? You're solving for the postseason, And I realize it's maybe right now we should also be noting that they're, they need to get a lot better in the regular season. So they make the, <laughs> make the playoffs and have a decent seed. But, um, but you know, the eye on the prize is, is the NBA championship defending that. And um, principally, like, are you, can you sign somebody who's going to help you against the, the, the Brooklyn Nets? Um, pick your other favorite, you know, contender that the Bucks might have to go through. Uh, you know, are you acquiring somebody? And is there a way to, to think about, like, making yourself better against that, that team in the long term? And so, um, you know, my view is, like, you probably, like we saw last year, two years ago, right? I mean, you had Robin Lopez. Everyone would love to have Robin Lopez right now because he's the ultimate Brooke Lopez insurance, right? But Robin didn't play what a minute after the first first round two years ago, um, and you could argue, well, maybe they, he could have been useful in some respect. But you know, again, like we saw last year, they won an NBA championship playing only Brooke Lopez as a true big man, and then doing a lot of smaller stuff with Giannis and obviously some Bobby Portis, a lot of PJ Tucker, etc. So I think you know, again, just loading up on you know another traditional big man. It's not really like a something you're doing for the playoffs unless Brooke is out. And so um, I think, you know, I would view it as like, what is your real plan to get another potential contributor? And I think part of the challenge is like, you don't really know right now because you just haven't had your team together. Um, and to me, I think the, the one the one stat that I, I tweeted about earlier today, which is a stat from this year, but it's 100% consistent with what happened last year and what has happened in, in the press before uh, before this player came to the Bucks is Bobby Portis and his defense, especially when he's not playing with another big man. And, you know, it kind of just jumps out. I mean, Bobby without Giannis on the floor this year, and obviously he hasn't played with Brooke either. Bucks are giving up, uh, I think, 125, 126 defensive rating. They're only scoring 99 points per 100. So, I mean, they're getting completely torched when Bobby's on the floor as the lone big man. Obviously, Bobby's going to get, I mean, Bobby hasn't been at his best. I think Bobby will get better offensively. I think the team will get better offensively with him on the floor, so it won't be quite as bad. But, but even last year, I mean, they were really bad with him on the floor by himself. They had a 121 offense, defensive rating with him in the regular season and like 1,100 possessions. That's a lot. And they were terrible. I think they had a 126 defensive rating in about maybe like a couple hundred possessions during the playoffs as well. So, I mean, even during the playoffs, like they were never like, good with just Bobby on the floor. Now, I think they got away with those minutes, especially in the finals, but that's not like a, a, rec, a recipe for winning regular season basketball. And I don't think after what we saw in the Nets series that, you know, throwing Bobby Portis out there against the Nets is a proven thing that you can count on either. So my question would be, you know, you were able to get by without essentially Bobby or obviously Dante in the second round against Brooklyn. And so I think really what you're solving for is, what does your line? What do your lineups need to look like against the Brooklyn Nets? I mean, that's what I think you should have started your offseason looking at. I think that's why a lot of us. I mean, my initial gut reaction was, would I rather have PJ Tucker or Bobby Portis? If I had to pick, I would have said PJ Tucker because he 
he actually was useful against the Brooklyn Nets and throughout the playoffs, whereas Bobby was was much more stop start. Um, so I, I think that's to me the question is not like just add some like big, you know, zone drop sort of old school traditional center to replace Brook Lopez because anybody you get is not going to be nearly what Brook Lopez is to me. I mean, like I think that's the first the first mistake is just assuming that you can just add a big center and he's going to give you suddenly replicate what, what Brooke did or let you do those sort of, sort of same things. Um, but to me, it's kind of a question of like, okay, how do you make sure that you're not just, you know, kind of putting Giannis in a better position, but you know, Bobby's hopefully going to be healthy. Hopefully Bobby's a guy, obviously you want to figure out how to make work. And so I think part of it also is like, how do you find lineups that can make Bobby Portis successful and if you put him out there with Giannis, I think that has shown it can work. They were plus 10 net rating last year with him. I think they're plus 10 net rating or so this year with him. Um, but, you know, when you talk about, like, why were the Bucks much worse on defense? Or, sorry, why were the Bucks much worse overall last year, including on defense, than they were the previous year? Again, I mean, the fact that you went from Robin Lopez as your backup center to, to Bobby and, you know, kind of committee as your backup center, um, I think it was obviously – a big part of, of why they had a, a big drop off defensively last year. And, you know, it worked out. Um, but I think there's some, some kind of reckoning that they're going to have to kind of come to terms with. And, you know, Bobby Portis is not a long-term replacement for Brooke Lopez. I think that should be very clear to people. Um, you know, if your idea is that you're going to trade Brooke next off season when he's a, an expiring contract and you're going to sign Bobby to a big new contract as a reward, and then that's, you know, your two, you know, he's going to be your main star, you know, center next to Giannis. I don't think that's a solution. You know, I think Bobby is what he is. He's a really nice scorer off the bench, um, a nice spark plug, and he can be very kind of like hot or cold in terms of his impact on, on your team's ability to win games. So, so that's my zag, my long winded zag, which I think sort of outlines to, eh, I don't know that you need to try to solve for the Brook situation right now. I think you probably wait for it to come back, but I think you do need to start thinking long and hard about, how do you sort of configure your big man rotation in the playoffs? And especially if you get into a situation like the Brooklyn series, um, if Bobby's not a very viable option, then what are you doing to eat all those remaining minutes? And obviously playing Giannis Tutton is part of it. Um, but who's the PJ Tucker replacement? And I think Shemi Ojale has, has shown some signs of life lately. Um, I'm sure they want to continue to look into that experiment and sort of see what they have there. But I would rather they can kind of continue to experiment with some of that stuff, um, especially with Chris coming back and you're getting sort of more of a facsimile of what the rest of your rotation would look like outside of Brook, than, than kind of you know think that you can just move too quickly and kind of plug the Brook hole, which again, hopefully was only a short-term hole. So it's obviously been a, a bit of a weird start to the season, just even from a win-loss point of view and doing these podcasts, we haven't had to go through this a lot. I think at the start of the year, we looked at the, the win total with betonline.ag and I think it was I think it was 53 and a half or 54 and a half but anyway let's say they want to get to 54 wins they need to go to 48 and 20 the rest of the regular season which seems if I've got I've done that in my head if I've got my math right that seems kind of crazy but anyway the point is if you go to betonline.ag right now you can check out uh, that win total they're back better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season and they have more props odds and lines than ever before Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Uh, we've got a promo code. Just use Locked On, and you can get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Whether it's basketball that you want to bet on, football, uh, NHL, boxing, UFC, whatever it is, favorite Vegas casino games, they've got them all. Let's bet online uh, where the game starts. 
so I guess to, to your point, and this is kind of, I, I honestly can't remember how much we got into this yesterday on the podcast as we continue the chat around Portis and the big man stuff. I, I think if the Bucks know better than we do what's going on with Brook Lopez. And I think if they feel that they need to get a Brook replacement right now or around Christmas or later on in the season, that's when you're looking at a trade exactly for the reason that you were speaking about, that you're not going to get a guy off the street that's going to be able to do what Brook Lopez does and it feels a little bit pointless. There's some people that have said, well, they should have thought about this in the offseason. Of course, you can't predict, but you could. I, I can understand why there's people out there saying, okay, just because Brooke was healthy last year, you maybe you got lucky that he's such a huge man. So maybe you should have prepared for it. And maybe you should have tried to get, uh, you know, an Andre Drummond or a Dwight Howard or these, you know, veteran bigs that are on, on these contending teams, whatever. I don't really care about that. But I think the, the what the Bucs are, are looking for, to your point, and the Nets basically got every single guy, every single veteran guy, whether it was Mark Soldridge, Blake Griffin, Paul Millsap. I don't know how much any of those guys have got left in the tank, but but those are the guys that, yeah, you'll get some sort of veteran that'll probably pop up around the buyout market. And you're right. Uh, maybe the other addition is that you go smaller and you have someone that can do some other stuff defensively uh, with Dante DiVincenzo there. But at the moment, uh, the big man's, uh, let's say the big man division, has been a little bit of a concern, particularly when it comes to rebounding defensively. Uh, we watched that Celtics game the other night where it felt like either Jason Tatum or Dennis Schroeder were just uh, getting them. I mean, the Bucks were just giving them the switch and they'd be on Bobby Portis. And it's not Bobby Portis's fault, by the way. I mean, I, I thought he did a decent job. The game went to overtime because he was <laughs> at least able to contest Tatum. But it's just unfeasible uh, moving forward. But I hadn't thought about it directly with the, with the Brooklyn series and the P.J. Tucker stuff. Uh, is obviously interesting there. So the, the listeners or the viewers can let us know what they think, what they would do, uh, like they always do when we can discuss that. As far as this Lakers game, before we wrap it up, 6.30 Central Time tip. Uh, like we said, there's no LeBron. I think AD is probable on the injury report. He had a thumb. He also got tossed to the out of the game for tying up his shoelace yesterday. So there's been some weird stuff going on with the Lakers, but they've been playing terrible. And uh, our Central Division rivals, the Bulls, absolutely smoked them on their home floor. I know at some point we're going to talk about the Bulls, but they're looking pretty good. But this does, just just with the way it's going, both these teams have been struggling all season. I think this is one where you come home, you're feeling good about yourself after being on the road. you got to get this one. This is a gettable one. Um, they could they could use a win, let's say that. Two straight losses. This better not be the game where Russell Westbrook, like, you know, goes four of six from three-point range or something like that. Like, like come on, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think you obviously look at this game as as one that you hope uh, is there for the taking. I think um, you know, thinking about uh, size and teams that have given the Bucks problems with size. Uh, certainly, the Lakers, you know, have enjoyed playing bigger. Um, I'm not sure. Do you have the injury report handy? I, I I know. I think Dwight was was hurt um, at some point. They they moved. They they started Davis at center, um, but I think the assumption was they were going to be back to to starting. AD at power forward um, once they kind of got healthy again. But obviously LeBron being out, I mean, LeBron is a big part of how they were able to play big too. And that's, I think a point as well. Um, you know, I think, I think when people talk about like being big, you know, that the natural inclination is always to think about your centers and whether your center is a traditional big man. Um, but I think, you know, the bucks part of what getting better and playing bigger and rebounding and doing that stuff um, is also about you know the other guys on the floor. I mean the the guards and and wings 
um, you know, do they play up uh, a spot? And you mentioned Dante, you know, eventually he'll come back. And one of his, I'd say, you know, redeeming qualities is, is that he rebounds and competes in ways defensively that kind of makes you play a little bit bigger than, than certainly, you know, you might expect from a typical guard or in, at times he's like sort of like a de facto, you know, um, nominally the point guard. Um, you hope with, with Drew Holiday now back, hopefully he starts playing better. Um, and Chris Milton coming back now as well. I mean, the Bucks, you know, we've seen a lot of that. What Grayson Allen is the smarting small forward or Drew is the starting small forward. I mean, you know, even with Bobby and Giannis starting um, at the two big spots, Bucks have been pretty small outside of that. And, you know, Pat Connaughton, as much as he's a good rebounder, I mean, Pat's what, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, um, so they haven't been bringing a lot of size. Uh, so again, Chris Middleton, not a big man, obviously. Um, but from a wing size perspective, you know, Chris brings pretty good size and, you know, especially for a small forward or at times, you know, can play as a shooting guard. So hopefully the Bucks getting a little bit bigger. And, and I think, you know, LA will probably be a test and, you know, Russell Westbrook, <laughs> Uh, likes to rebound. Um, I'm not, you know, probably does a lot of rebound stealing from his big guys. But um, you know, this is definitely a game where you hope that that the size factor doesn't doesn't become an issue again for the Bucks, um, because certainly you look at the rest of the rosters. This is an opportunity to to start to get right. And again, I think you know, to me, that starts with Giannis and Drew. You know, I don't think you can count on Chris just coming in and saving the day here. You know, I don't think Drew and Giannis have been playing the way they would want to. Um, but this is obviously a, an opportunity for Giannis to, on a on a national stage, maybe not the marquee matchup with LeBron that everybody would want, but you know he's still got presumably AD that he's going to be going up against, um, and it's an opportunity for him to remind people why he's a much better player than Anthony Davis. All right. Don't forget to check out the Locked On Bets podcast as well, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Still. And uh, we'll be back after that Lakers game. Hopefully, hopefully it's a game we enjoy. Hopefully we're in a good mood after that game. As we said, Chris Milton likely going to be back for this one, which is going to be fun to see. Uh, and uh, they have this home stretch that Frank pointed to at the start of the season. I think they've got uh, Orlando in there as well. So Orlando, Oklahoma City. So hopefully, hopefully they can get rolling. Uh, a little bit here and make sure the GQ man of the year is happy and uh, enjoying his basketball uh, and not feeling frustrated anymore. But we'll leave it there uh, for myself and Frank. We'll catch you guys after the Lakers game.